0: are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast, I hope today's message inspired you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. My scripture is taken from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. Now, I'm not going to read it first, but I'm going to be reading these verses as we go through the message this morning. This is not just the story of God's love for some shepherds. It's a message of love and hope for each one of us. Now there was in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. For the shepherds, this was just an ordinary night. Nothing different about it. They probably had a little fire in, sitting around that fire, talking, Maybe just light conversation. Probably one of them was the joker in the crowd, always playing tricks on somebody, always with something smart to say. But Bible scholars suggest that this flock may have been destined for sacrifice in the temple So if that would be so, there's a beautiful significance in the thought that the Lamb of God, born in Bethlehem's manger, was destined to be sacrificed for our sin, for the sins of the world. And it was announced by shepherds who were watching flocks destined to be sacrificed for the sins of the people as a covering. And Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. First point I want to use this morning is, don't be afraid of the glory of the Lord. Don't be afraid of his presence. Glory means magnificence, splendor, beauty, grandeur, brilliance. In essence, the glory is the physical manifestation of his presence. When it talks about the glory of the Lord, there is a sense of awe. And we sometimes sing, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I can see his glory, his grace, and his glory on each face. When God shows up, you recognize him. Some of the occurrences in the Bible, there are many. But there's the burning bush in Exodus chapter 3, verse 2. Presence of God was in the burning bush and Moses went over to see what was happening there because it wasn't being consumed. And out of that fire, out of that burning bush, God spoke to him and gave him a commission to go back to Egypt and bring his people out. And then, For 40 years of their wanderings in the wilderness, there was a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. The presence of God, letting the people know that he was with them, that he was leading them every step of the way. Then we go over to the New Testament. We see on the day of Pentecost, the presence of God shows up again. They hear his presence, the sound of a mighty rushing wind. There were tongues of fire that rested upon all of them. And everyone that was in the house began to speak with tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. And Everyone recognized that surely the presence of the Lord is here. Because God is spirit without physical likeness, he had chosen to manifest himself in an awesome and a majestic way. This declares his excellence and his perfect attributes as a person. It is God's desire that people would see Jesus in us. When a man, a woman, a boy, or a girl is in touch with God, people recognize it. If you are in touch with God, people will recognize it on the job. They will be asking you, what's different about you? Why don't you cuss like the rest of us? Why don't you tell dirty jokes like the rest of us? Why don't you smoke pot? Why don't you drink? Why don't you come to our parties? It's an opportunity for you to tell them, once I was doing those things, but I don't do that anymore because I accepted Jesus Christ into my heart. The Bible mentions two specific types of fear. The first type is the fear of the Lord, and the second is the spirit of fear. The fear of the Lord means to have a reverence for God, a respect for Him, to be in awe of His holiness and His mighty power. It also recognizes His biblical, moral, and spiritual law. It recognizes that to disobey these laws could mean great loss for us. Because we know that the Bible says that the soul that sins person that sins and refuses to repent, keeps on sinning, that person will die a spiritual death. Revelations 21.8 tells us that the fearful and the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderer, the whoremonger, the sorcerer, the idolater, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. We all know, we understand that death is not, doesn't mean that you cease to exist. Death is separation. Physical death is separation of the spirit and the soul from the body. Spiritual death, death is separation of the spirit from God. Just as there is an eternal life, there is an eternal death eternal separation. We practice this healthy fear every day. We see it in, in the things around us like fire. We use fire for some very good purposes. But we're not going to shove our hand in the fire. We're not going to put our hand on the, on the hot burner because we know we will be burnt. That's a healthy fear. We're not going to stick our finger in a light bulb socket. That's a healthy fear. We're not going to go into the middle of Coal Lake and jump out without a life preserver, even if we're good swimmers. That's a healthy fear. When the sun is shining nice and We've got our boats and whatever. We go out on that lake and we enjoy it. And so we enjoy the things. We avoid unsafe practices, but we enjoy the blessings that these things bring. And the Bible says in Psalm 111, verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The second fear is a spirit of fear. This fear reaches into the area of the phobias. Paralyzing, crippling, debilitating fear. Or it can simply be afraid to speak up. Or afraid to step out in faith. Although you know what God's word says. Still, you're afraid to take that step. What if? What if I haven't heard from God? What if it don't happen just like the Bible says? The Bible tells us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. Scripture records people who encounter the presence of God. They were fearful, full of dread, alarmed, and frightened. And these shepherds on that hillside that night experienced that type of fear. So long as God was unknown, people were afraid of him. But the birth of the Lord brought him close to us. Like the song we sang this morning, God with us, Emmanuel. God with us. God in flesh. When we get to know him, we're no longer afraid of him. We have the fear of God in our lives but it is a a love, it's an honor, it's a respect. We worship him, we adore him. We recognize him for who he is. And to know him is to love him. The birth of the Lord brings him close to us. God's demonstration of love was Jesus Christ. The Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. Then the angels said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. The angel's comforting words, do not be afraid. Coupled with the good news of the birth of a Savior, calm their fears. Debilitating, paralyzing fear and dread was replaced with a calm assurance that God had been in their midst, that the heavenly Father had, was presenting breaking news that would change their lives and the lives of generations to come. And the Bible says suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. Secondly, the suddenlies of God. I love the suddenlies of God. I live for the suddenlies of God. They appear 41 times in the New Testament. I'll just give you a few of them. One, of course, is the angels appearing to the shepherds announcing the birth of Jesus. Another one is at the baptism of Jesus suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my son, hear him. This is my son and whom I am well pleased, hear him. Then at the resurrection of Jesus suddenly that stone was rolled away. Jesus came out of that tomb alive. And at the day of Pentecost, suddenly a sound like a mighty rushing wind filled the place where they were sitting. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. The launching of the ministry of, the, of the Paul the Apostle, who was then Saul of Tarsus. Suddenly a light shone from heaven, knocked him off his horse, and he had an encounter with Jesus Christ on the Damascus Road. We see Paul and Silas now later he jailed first for witnessing for Jesus Christ. They were in the inner prison. Suddenly there was an earthquake, and the angel stood before them. The chains fell off, the door swung open, and they were released from that prison. Suddenly, speak of breakthrough. God is moving and the church into a season of suddenlies. I really believe that. I believe we're about to see suddenlies taking place again. Amen. He wants to get us prepared for this special occasion when he once again will answer the prayers of the people and we will see a mighty breakthrough. You may have faced trials and physical and spiritual battles You may have been physically or spiritually weakened from the fray. But praise God, we're still holding on to the promises. The promises of God that are yes and amen to those who believe. Don't be discouraged. Don't lose hope. Some people have lost out on what God has had for them. Because they gave up when the answer was just the next day, the next week, the next time that they went to church, the next time that they got on their knees to pray, the next time that they saw their son or their daughter, their husband or their wife acting like the devil, and the Lord gets into their life and changes them completely. God is a God of suddenly God will turn what Satan meant to destroy you into blessing. God can turn what Satan meant to be the end of your marriage into a happy, beautiful marriage. Man, I am working with some people right now. And a few weeks ago, you would say, that marriage will never, ever work. But I'm seeing breakthrough. The amazing thing is, I'm doing this by Skype into another city, another city, a couple of thousand miles away from here. I'm going to tell you, God has given us so many ways and so many things that we can do with the media and the technology that we have today. There's no end to what you and I can do for Jesus Christ. God will turn it around. Suddenly the Lord will appear in Holy Ghost power. Souls will be saved. Sick bodies will be healed. Marriages will be restored. And you say, Pastor, aren't some of these things happening right now? Sure it is. But I'm going to tell you, it's going to happen on a greater scale. We're going to see God winning in a big way. Amen? We're not going to be just maintaining. We're going to see victory in the name of Jesus because suddenly he's going to come to his temple. And what are you and I? The temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen? We sometimes, we get to asking and saying, Oh Lord, come. Come Lord. Move Lord in our midst. And you know who's got to move? You and I have got to move. You and I have got to come back to Him. You and I have got to get to that place where God can use us. God hasn't moved. God still has the same mandate that He always has. But you and I have moved away. And we need to get back to what God wants us to do. Amen? Addictions and broken lives will be healed and restored. The Bible says in Psalm 30, verse 5, Weeping may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. The man and woman, boy and girl, who will, desire, who will dare to believe the Word of God will see it fulfilled in their lives. Suddenly, our church will become a house of prayer. I'm going to tell you, we, I thank God for the prayer warriors that we do have right now. Every week, there, there are prayer intercessors that are praying and praying. Prayer and sessions meet together every, every on a scheduled time. There are Bible studies going on all over the place. And we thank God for all these things. We must decide to move towards God. Amen? Suddenly, we will truly be a healing center. Listen, we know that God, God has, has declared that this will be a healing center but maybe we've got some things wrong. Maybe we don't need a building to be a healing center. Maybe God can show up in His power and presence in a Sunday morning service like this and we will never be the same again. We will be on fire for God and wherever we go, people we touch, people we speak to will be touched by the power and the presence of God. You see... God is not confined to a building. God is not confined to a place. God wants to take up residence in my heart and in yours. And he wants full reign in my heart. Suddenly we'll be a healing center. Suddenly we'll be standing on holy ground. The Bible says that where he is, there's holy. There are times when people were instructed to take off the shoes off their feet because they were standing on holy ground. I wanted to come back to this church again where when we come onto the parking lot, we're sensing the power and the presence of God so much. Even before we get into this place, we'll be on holy ground. And Then while you're praying about it and while you're praising God about it, Pray that God will release the rest of the land that's over there. That I still believe and feel in my heart is ours. And I think we should be claiming it, everybody, man, woman, and boy who got faith in Jesus Christ, to pray and believe for that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so it was when the angel had gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see that which has come to pass, and the Lord was made known and, and which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known and sang "All to them concerning this child, and all those who heard it marvelled at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard as it was told them. Why shepherds? Why shepherds? The fact that God had chosen to announce the birth of our Savior to lowly shepherds rather than kings and priests, show that his love is available to all who will believe. James chapter 2, verse 5 says, Has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? The lack of money precludes no one from spiritual privileges. The poorest of the poor are among those favored with a visitation from the heavenly host. Moses was keeping sheep on the backside of a desert. Gideon was threshing wheat in a threshing floor in a cave. Elijah was plowing. And all of these encountered God. The weak of the world are often called the mighty The last are often the first, and the first are often the last. Paul gives the answer in 1 Corinthians 1, 27 to 29. And I'll just read it in a paraphrase. God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise, the weak things to shame the mighty, the base things and the things which are despised, and the things which are not, to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. You get it? That's the answer. That no flesh should glory in his presence. We've got nothing to glory about. Paul said, I glory in the cross. And that's where I glory too. That's the only thing. Jesus died on the cross for my sin. And, and, and I'm living the life that I now live. I live in the, in, the, in the Son of God. I live in his righteousness. It's his righteousness in me. And that's the same for every one of us. Amen? It reminds me of another scripture. Isaiah 55, 8 to 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. So why did God send the angel to the shepherds? This little baby was the good shepherd. This little baby was the spotless lamb of God. The announcement was in keeping with the mission. From shepherds to shepherds. It was God's way. God's ways are different than our ways. He don't respect kings and presidents more than laborers. He don't respect priests and pastors over the people that sit in the seats in the churches. God do not show favoritism. He do not give preferential treatment to one group of people over another. He loves the Pentecostals. He loves the Baptists. He loves the Catholics. He loves the Lutherans. He loves the Alliance. He loves the word faith. He loves people. He loves the sinner. And those people that are committing terrible atrocities in the land, that are beheading Christians, he loves them too. And let me tell you something. God tarries. You're going to hear testimonies of people who actually did these terrible crimes, were party to these things, giving testimony that when they saw how those Christians died, they wouldn't they wouldn't go back on their faith, they wouldn't denounce Jesus Christ, that it did something in their heart. And now they're serving Jesus. It's going to happen, folks. It's going to happen. God loves them all. His love, of love is available to all on the same basis. Faith in Jesus Christ. Believing in your heart. Confessing in your, with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. By grace, you have been saved. Ephesians 2: eight and nine. By grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourself is the gift of God, lest anyone should boast. As I conclude, God don't send angels to bring you the good news of the gospel. But he do use fivefold ministry. He uses apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. He gives us his word, the Holy Spirit, to guide us. The good news is for everyone, for the rich and for the poor, for the small and for the great. This little baby is the good shepherd, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He's My savior, my healer my baptizer, my righteousness, my strength, my redeemer, and my soon-coming king. He's worthy of all praise. Two men, friends from childhood, were called in a large class reunion to recite the 23rd Psalm. One was a published orator trained in speech and technique and drama. When he finished, the audience cheered wildly. Then the other man of lower class, and less educated, repeated the same words, The Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. But when he finished, no sound came from the large class. Instead, people sat in a deep mood of devotion. Many had tear-filled eyes. Then the first man, the orator, stood to his feet again. He said, friends, I want you to understand the difference between what you have just heard. My old friend, what you heard from me is different. I know the Psalm, but he knows the shepherd. And that's what changes things, folks. You can you can quote scriptures until you're blue in the face, but if you know the God of the Bible, it'll make a difference. Your smile, your demeanor, will make a difference in people's lives. If you don't know Jesus, allow me to introduce you to him today. Once you get to know him, you'll love him. You will become best friends, and you'll never want to leave him. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And knowing what I know about God, about end times, about the Word, and turning on CNN and Fox News today, if I wasn't serving God, I'd be a basket case. Do you realize? turmoil and the trouble that we're in the midst of. I don't know about you, but every time when I get up in the morning, I turn on CNN or Fox because I want to know what's happening today. It's all a confirmation. We're living we are living revelations right now. It's time to get serious with God, folks. Don't be afraid. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be all people. Today I'm not calling the band back. Instructed the sound system, sound guys, to put on a song. It's called Come Into My Heart. It's a song that we sang in Sunday school years and years and years ago. But still relevant today. And the words are going to be on the screen as well as, it, as it's played. And I want you to sing it with me. And then after that song is over... I have an instrumental of the same song that will just play on and on. And I've instructed the soundboard sound people that if people come forward and they want to pray, they want to do business with God this morning, to play it loud enough so that they have privacy in their praying to God. If you want me or some some of the people to pray with you, you you make that known to us. But maybe you maybe you've got to do some business with God today. And this is the time to do it. Amen. Let's just put our hearts now in tune with God. Obey the Holy Spirit as He speaks. hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Community Church, a place where families come together.